Yo, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast. I'm your host, Jabril Sahemi, the newbie, and I'm joined by... Rafael Luca, actor, clown, thespian, and a piercinophile. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, and fellow film lover. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys? Before we start, I just wanted to let you know that the Movie Newbie, me, myself, Jabril Sahemi, isn't actually on this episode. So I just want to say thank you to Raf for holding it down. Thank you to Ollie for holding it down. And thank you to Matt for being on the show. So without further ado, this is the episode for Before Sunrise. Ciao. Yo, what's up, guys? It's not me, Jabril. It's Raphael. I've taken over the podcast that fired Jabriel. He is not in. No, I'm kidding. Um, he's dearly missed because he's doing life stuff. You know, sometimes life gets in the way. Um, life gets in the way. Life finds a way. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park. Where am I going with this? Um, I've got Ollie. As usual, he's returned. He missed the couple. No, not the couple, but he missed the last one. And I'm also joined with Matt. Matt, which is, uh, I, ve- I believe, uh, an, Ollie, an Ollie connection. Um, yeah, we've got a special yeah. guest to fill in Jabril's shoes. Yeah, so um, I'll just quickly tee you up. Hi, guys. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> hey, so um, yeah, Matt, very kindly, Matt Brothers, very kindly agreed to uh, join our podcast for this episode. It took a little while to get the scheduling right, but we made it happen. So he's finally here. Matt is a wonderful, very experienced podcaster, very, very good at what he does. And um, we're really excited to have him on. But Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh, my God, guys, I'm blushing so much. This is the first time <laughs> I've heard that back at me in any any sort of way. I think I'm experienced both by, by virtue of being across three podcasts, which to anyone who podcasts will tell you, probably too many podcasts for any one guy to do. Um, I started out with Spotlight, which is a, a Star Trek theme show with my two best friends, Liam and Paul, uh, which was mainly a chance to hang out and talk film, really. We wanted to do a film series that was lengthy enough to cover maybe, say, like a year of podcasting. And we all figured, you know, we've all got various degrees of Trek knowledge. Let's do the Star Trek movies uh, from a non-Trekkie perspective and see if uh, we become Trekkies uh, by the end of it. And funnily enough, we've just crossed over or we're just about to hit our five-year anniversary. So it's taken a five-year mission wow. to get to where we are now. Woo! But we Live did, long and yeah, prosper, we, my friends. We, we, we did the movies in the first year and then obviously there's, a, there's, there's no end to Trek content out there. So we kind of kept going, various sub-series, looked at the TV series, we did a, a, a spin-off series called Spotlight the Movies, where we looked at other films involving Trek personnel in front or behind of the camera. Um, so wow. stuff like Three Men and the Baby was our first one, directed by Leonard Nimoy. Um, so Damn. if there's someone else from the series uh, in, a, in a big starring role in a film or directing, we kind of cover that. And the idea oh, was always shit. that, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's no end to Star Trek podcasts out there from dedicated Trek fans who know very much what they're talking about and the three of us kind of had a various degree or kind of Trek knowledge with me being definitely the most newbie one so so I guess similar to the movie newbie I was the Trek newbie coming into that uh, <laughs> and maintain that position really um, but it just so you know it coincided with all the new TV content coming out and so now we're, we're drowning for Trek content but that's uh, <laughs> that was the first show wow. then there's sun, there's Sudden Double Deep as well which is the triple build title movie podcast which I do with Daryl and Jeanette uh, on that show, we watch three films linked by a word in the title. So we have a little cup full oh, of brilliant. words. We pick a word out, and then we pick three films with which share that word. Uh, and this is where I continuously forget what we've done recently. But I think I think the recent one was mm. Versus, as an example. So we did um, Joe versus the Volcano, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and The Mitchells versus Love the it. Machines. Love it. So we try, if we can, to do films from three different decades genres uh countries if we can as well um try and skew for maybe the more obvious picks and then we follow up each week with a with a deeper episode where we can go a little deeper on on the word on the subject or on whatever we fancy really and uh and then me and daryl from that show we started a third show in lockdown of course <laughs> called is as paul dano okay <laughs> yeah which is a a filmography show so a, a lot of our friends have been doing these uh the great petros who does caged in is a perfect example because nicholas cage is kind of who you might think of to do a great filmography show about mm-hmm. and we just thought one day like if we were going to do one who would be someone interesting and what would the the sort 
or spin B. And we were watching um, DC Fandom at the time as they revealed the first Batman trailer back in 2020, I think. And um, we're like, yeah, Paul Dana's a great actor. He's in some great films. And he always seems to get beaten up. Um, does <laughs> yeah, he get beaten up true. in everything he does? Let's <clears throat> find out. Supercar? So we just decided <laughs> to watch every, every Yeah. The, the, the greatest hit supercut. Yeah. Yes. And now it's just like we kind of have this little... Uh, a uh, little expert on on all all his hits, all his literal hits, and so we figured, you know, let's watch let's watch, let's watch all his work and see just how badly he uh, he goes through it. And so we've kind of got a tally of physical hits, emotional abuse, spiritual uh, degradation. Uh, it, it's all there, and we've we've just done, and that's the seasonal show. So we've just finished season four, and we've got about one season's worth left, I think, before we've done it all. And so we're going to try and do a few mini series on some other character actors in the meantime, and then then cover his uh, recent stuff. But that's been really fun, and that was with a guest every time. And yeah, the man has a a varied and strange mm. filmography. Well, that's actually how I um how I found out about you is through the is Paul Dano, okay, through a personal connection. But that yeah. was my point of entry yeah. into your podcasting. And I actually, you know, some people out there might not know this, but you guys even got a mention, I believe, in a GQ cover article or um. Or what? a feature, sorry, on Paul Dano, right? Or was it? Esquire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was the um, the Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter. Um, smokes. It was it was the most insane day of our lives because we'd managed to snag um, Batman preview tickets, like the press screening, um, somehow through connections. And so we were just coming out of having seen the Batman like a week early, which was a big buzz anyway. And then I had a tweet from the senior film editor of the hollywood report basically saying can we talk <laughs> it's for a thing and i was wow. like oh this is a real person verified you know actual yeah i i, I know thr yeah. that's a legit place <laughs> yeah. and so i just hopped on a zoom like that same night and she just said um so yes yeah, so i've interviewed paul the other week i'm doing a big profile on him and i mentioned your show and i always like spat my tea out just like what <laughs> so he's now aware of this weird show just talking all about him and i think in typical dano fashion he's very shy and reserved about it and so he asked her like jokingly like you know who, who the hell are these guys <laughs> and so i think her editor went you gotta find out so go find them so she tracked me down and i chatted with her for about 20 minutes and yeah a little a little snippet of a, of a quote Damn. ended up as a companion in this big riddler batman dano cover piece which was just crazy but i think i think you know i think we're the only paul dano show and hopefully it's scared off anyone else from from starting one i think you've marked <laughs> your territory yeah absolutely um, yeah i mean i have so many so more it's, questions it's been about, wild i i have so many more questions i'd love to me know too about that can we not do that yeah <laughs> can we not talk about before sunrise what is this i'm like okay this is the interview now matt tell us everything <laughs> yeah i bow to you my friend wow Damn. Um, but alas, we should probably get to the movie at hand, otherwise. Um, <sighs> I guess. Yeah, it'll All just right. become a little blip at the end of this. Um, so, okay, so this is, as our listeners out there know, we're doing That Summer Feeling. So this is our second volume of That Summer Feeling. We're picking movies that have just either, either set in summer, overtly, or just have that sort of inexpressible summer feeling to them that summer quality and raf picked this film so raf why don't you introduce the movie indeed i did um it's that's one of my favorite movies of all times guys not only is one of my favorite movies of all times but it's also one of my favorite trilogy of all times mm -hmm. um we're gonna talk about before sunrise which i didn't i forgot that this was back in 1995 shit fuck this is an old film now. Um, <laughs> it's 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 got bones to it, which 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 are rich and profound and deep and emotional. And oh my god, this movie makes me <laughs> gives me all the feels. Honestly, it's um, there's a reason I chose it. Obviously, it was uh, it's set in in, in the summer. Uh, the, I, it was set in the summer. And it was shot in the summer. It was shot on June 14th, I think. So not too far away. Um, and yeah, directed by uh, highly acclaimed Richard Linklater who you know I, I cherished all his films um starring ethan hawk and julie delpy uh and it's written by Linklater and um kim krizan who also went on to write before sunset and before midnight um and yeah it's just i mean like i said it gave me all the feels it's it's a movie i fell deeply in love with and i think I was in a relationship at the time uh, as well, uh, and we both loved that movie. And that, you know, it, so it gives me a lot of like memories, nostalgia, love, it's emotionally loaded. Like, like, 
it's it's yeah it's loaded um so but it's also as an actor i love it because it's something that i i you know it's if there's a passion project out there this is this is it this is what you're seeing it's this is kind of the things i i love to to be in these kind of free-flowing dialogues these little improvisational moments these long sequences where you're basically letting the actor play and do do his thing and basically reveal the script a beautifully written script but then like revealing it with the actor's play um so yeah i'm gonna you know stop talking about this movie because you <laughs> at this point you all know that I, I i cherish it wholeheartedly but but Matt, why don't you, you know, give us your your first little opinions, your first your first little review? Yeah, Matt, I'm so glad you said it's one of your favorite films because I had, you know, knowing this was a, a movie newbie show, it's like, you know, there's a chance here that somebody somebody isn't a, a big fan or someone has picked it, and it's hard to tell kind of how some people react to it because it is so unique. And I think for someone who isn't kind of used to to films like these, it can be a bit of a shock. Um, but I absolutely adore it as well. I think it's it's funny. It's one of those films that I almost don't even think of as a as a summer film despite them walking around all mm. night which is definitely a summer activity um but it is it encompasses that that feeling and i think films that like this that kind of sum up a sort of a, a feeling so strongly of, of like a time and a place and an encounter um is so rare and, and you're right from like an actor's and, and script point of view to be able to sort of go long on this and not worry about other little intricacies here and there it is it is such a performance-led piece without feeling uh theatrical as well i think there's a few films that are sort of chamber piece stage mm. adaptations perhaps that you feel that kind of staginess a bit with it but with this it feels more akin to just real life in a way yeah. and it's it, that's a hard feeling to kind of generate without it feeling a bit cynical or or fake but i think this does it so well and i think you know, you've got all these little moments throughout and stuff like, you know, bumping into um, the two guys on the bridge early mm. on who invite them to the play. And, you know, that never really comes up again, except for a, a brief mention towards the end. But in any kind of other plotted out script, you'd be like, oh, OK, so the cow guys are going to come back in <laughs> yeah. the third act. Yeah. and They're going to they're going to rush to see it or something. But it's just like, no, if you were just wondering about you might just have an encounter like that and then just kind of forget about yeah. it and it doesn't matter well you might politely and, say you'll, you'll you know make i think it when you have no intention of making it yeah mm. and it, it is it does that exactly and i think this i think what's great about this trilogy as well is as three films it is such a beautiful complete uh like triptych of of a story and like i say i love anything that deals with time and, and link layer does mm. as well you know he has boyhood as well um but physical actual time you know mm. um and yet each one very much has its own thing that it's saying and, and, and exemplifying. And it's interesting seeing where your opinions kind of lie on, on this and especially before sunset as well, mm. as time goes on and at what stage of life you're at. Because I've noticed actually like for years, this was my favorite. And I think now sunset might nip ahead. And I'm like, is that more because <laughs> I'm more... You're where old. they are yeah, in that you're film older. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love that this film is so pure in its um, sort of optimism and its, its, its youth and its hopeful and everything that, that these characters uh, express here. It's like infinitely um, a warm hug of a film to, to always sit and watch. And, you know, I, I watched these not that long ago again with, um, with our personal connection, Ollie. I, you know, I showed her the, uh, the three of them over a few nights. And that wasn't that long ago. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I can watch this again like every mm, day. Yeah, yeah. And for a film that is essentially like an hour and a half of conversation, it's like that says a lot about what's happening, how it connects to you mm -hmm. and the performers in here. And I think Ethan Hawke especially is just so eminently watchable in his rambling. Mm. And he, he, he very much is that kind of character, that, that mid-90s kind of youthful, bit pretentious guy is is so so well defined here mm. yeah no i i agree with virtually everything that you said i think it was wonderfully summarized by the way um mm. you should have you ever thought about getting your own yeah. podcast yeah there's like a like <laughs> getting a podcast or something like you're really good at it <laughs> sometimes um, these ones are the yeah, hardest just... to talk about because you're just like yeah this is just sort of coming from i'm just gonna like like waffle and hope something connects in yeah <laughs> as opposed to so this is the one where this happens and this but yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I completely get what you mean. Um, I'll just add on to what you guys have said. I, I, yeah, I 
I've been I've had a, a love affair with this film for a very long time. I think I first watched it when I was maybe 14 or 15 and I was first really starting to get stuck in with independent cinema and this felt like a secret that had been passed to me I mean I was already obsessed with the 90s at that point and I'd already yeah I'd, I think I really became very much a follower of Richard Linklater's work and um, when I found this film I just was utterly enchanted by it and I've returned to it time and time again over the years in the years since and you know, uh, I can't agree with you more about how it's one of those films where your opinion of it changes as your own personal situation or your age changes. And I think to me that often um, speaks to a great work of art. One of my other favorite films, mm. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, works in the same way, yeah. where when I watched it as a teenager and fell in love with it, I felt about it one way, whereas when I went to revisit it later on in life, I felt about it differently, but that didn't change how much I cared for the movie as a whole. Yeah. Um, you, you see that film again after a genuine heartbreak, and you're like, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I could go for some of that brain-erasing stuff right now, yeah. and then you, you see it all again in a whole other way. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. And I, I um, like, for for instance, with this film, for with Before Sunrise, I um, when I when I first watched it, I I thought there was so something so pure and wonderful and tragic about their connection. I felt like they were made for each other. Whereas this time, and we can get into this a little bit earlier, it was interesting watching it as someone who's nearing thirty and ha has had you know uh, relationships of different kinds before. Where I was thinking, actually, you know, what? I can see the ways in which perhaps they weren't meant for each other, or at least it's a good thing that they didn't get together in their twenties because you can see the the seeds of something that might have. Um, cause friction between them or, or how they perhaps weren't ready for each other yet they weren't yeah. ready for that relationship and mm. yet it's still utterly um again utterly enchanting what they're going through because we've all felt that rush of meeting someone mm. entirely new and all of the hope that comes with us about where that can go so yeah mm. i think it's really yeah. well written i think it's really well acted i think it's really well paced i think that's an important thing you wouldn't think about yeah. like the editing is actually, I think, subtly very effective here in the way that it keeps you engaged with this conversation that takes place over probably about, let's just say, 12 hours, mm. but goes through sort of peaks and valleys. Um, mm. And so, I, yeah, I was, I was really happy to return to this. I think it's the ultimate first date movie as well, because yes. I think it captures that feeling of being on a first date. Did you guys ever have that where when you're having a first date with someone or what becomes a first date, you just decide, let's just go <laughs> walking somewhere. Let's just walk around because yeah, that well, way we can just keep talking. We don't have to awkwardly stare at each other from across a dinner table. Yeah, mm. I, I, I kind of have three like concurrent brief stories sort of, that are connected to this. The first, the first is that I love um, going to filming locations abroad, and so mm. I, I recreated this this journey. Yeah, I well, I went to Budapest and then got the train to Vienna. Hey, <laughs> so hey. I did. I mean, I did that because I wanted to see Budapest and Vienna, but yeah. I was like, let me do it this way round and buy a train, just just pretty much just for this. So I was on the train that they're on at the start, thinking, right, where am I gonna sit? Where's my arguing German couple? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I was I was sat opposite this this lady for a while, but she was all business on a laptop. So I was Boring. like, oh, leave with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did so and it was perfect. And, and and with and with this film especially, the locations, so many of them have not changed. Mm. And of course you can you can find them all. So you know Clients Green Cafe. Bridge with the with yeah, yeah. Klein's Cafe is exactly the same. The cafe where they have the fake phone conversation is yeah. exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Like down to the upholstery and the the silver trays. That's like walking straight on set. Um, and everywhere. So I did. So I did that and went to all the all the locations. Even the you know the 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 wall above the opera house where they kind of sit on and cut, return to it at the end. So there was that. And then I sort of had a semi before sunrise ish experience on a different holiday. So it wasn't this but it was me and this uh, australian girl i did a walk and tour with just kind of walking and chatting for like the entire rest of the day uh no romance with this one but it was like that whole thing where it connects you of like we're two people from other sides of the planet who have met in a third place that neither of us have been to and just chatting and you can and, and that's something this film gets into really well of of this sense of you can be more open and honest with a complete stranger than anybody really because like what do you Absolutely. have to lose like it's it, it's really much a form of confession and uh talking out loud to yourself with somebody who you don't have to worry about and then um and then i guess the third one is i did have a bit of a meet cute with a girl on a train years later 
uh, but coming back from Brighton to London. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so they're the, they're oh, the wow. three. Yeah. The, yeah, they're the three ones. It's like the actual Vienna locations, uh, a bit of the same experience in Prague, and then meeting someone on the train in, wow. in the UK. So combine the three of them together, and it's almost my same movie. <laughs> I have I literally did the same experience as you with Vienna, except nice. I was coming from um, I was coming from Prague with. Uh, I you know I guess essentially she's still my partner, but you know, we won't get into it. But but we went into um, we we came from Prague to Vienna and we visited all all the locations of yeah. of the Before Sunrise film because we were you know huge fans of of that movie and it, it is quite romantic to 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 kind of go through these locations and to see that they're still there and they're still you know very much in their authenticness. Um, yeah, and to breathe the record shop as well. Yeah, the record yeah, shop as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the church as I've well. Um, mm-hmm. So we've all so we've all done it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, has always been one of my favorite cities. I haven't been in years though, but I'd, yeah, I'd love well, to go back. Well, we should. We should. I th- I feel like there's a pattern here. We should probably all go to Vienna. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And hold hands and rediscover our love for each other. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it it, it definitely what what I loved about watching it this time around. Um, I guess in my independent life was that it does have a time and place, but it's also timeless and placeless because they do escape in, in, in this sort of, um, yeah. in this sort of timelessness that you don't even see time go by. And I feel like watching this movie, I didn't see, you know, any time go by. I didn't see the running time. I didn't, you know, it was just one fluid motion. And with them, it was kind of the same thing until they had to say goodbye. And then everything kind of caught up to them. I think there's one line that, uh, Ethan says, I believe it's, um, Ethan. So Jesse, uh, says, oh, we're in the real time now. And suddenly you're thrown back to reality because for so long you were just following their journey, um, their kind of love, their their intimacy, their relationship, that you get lost in this. And I feel like, you know, it seems like we've all experienced this where we meet someone and suddenly time and, and place don't exist because you're just there presently with someone that you don't have to worry about anything else that's around you. And this film gives you that. So like I was like glued to the screen in the sense that like nothing else mattered. And I think that's why it's so important to me. Um, this movie is so important to me because it, it really is for me, the ultimate escape film. Um, it, it, it takes me through the tunnels of, of love, of emotions, of, of conversations, and you know, the conversations they get into the ph- philosophical ideas, the, the, you know, about life, death, poetry, family, you know, all of it, it's all, all through spoken language, all through physical language. And another thing, another kind of language, which is glances, like the way they look at each other, you know, so much is told with glances, with, with eye contact, with gaze. That's what I love about this film as well. It's just the gaze work is, is immense. There are some scenes where they don't talk, where you just get physical language with gaze and you, you, you understand everything that's going on. Um, and it's just, it's just very powerfully told because in a movie that, you know, is explicitly just dialogue driven, those moments are so important where suddenly like no one talks and it's just about the, the look that exchanges. And I think, um, Celine has one of the, uh, a quote where she says towards the end, uh, I, I like to feel his eyes on me when I look away. And that for me summed up kind of like their intimacy was those like, you know, he looks, she looks away, she looks at him, he looks away. And, you know, one of my favorite scenes was them in the train, uh, in the tram, where there is those moments of just suddenly they're, you know, in and out of, of, of kind of voyeuristic relationship, which is, yeah, you know, it, it gives you so much this, that's what really it is. And, 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 and like you both said, it's, it's timeless. It's indelible because you can revisit it and it can still feed you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's such a masterstroke to have no supporting characters, like mm. no anybody else going on. It's like you can be that fly on the wall. Like you should feel like like a third wheel almost, but it kind of keeps you separate enough that you don't feel like you're just watching two other people have a date. It's like, I am him, I am her, I am both of them kind of thing at the same time. And, and yeah, it's just given that, given that time to, to let it grow. And yeah, it it somehow captures that energy of, of that feeling so, so well of just not wanting a night to end to the point where they know the night isn't going to really end because they have until morning. And then, yeah, it's only when it gets a bit further on that they start discussing, as you say, about, 
time catching up and having to eventually say goodbye and fighting that off and how that never feels like a pressing concern through the first sort of two thirds. But the moment it kind of does start to rear its head, you realize, oh, yeah, like everything is kind of fleeting here. And uh, yeah, it, it capturing that energy so well of, of two people who are circling each other as well and testing boundaries, uh, but are also so both intensely into each other. And I think, you know, the, the way the conversations do kind of bounce from kind of quite trivial stuff to the really deeper meaning things that they say is, is you know, really a testament to how open you, you can feel in the right company. And, uh, you know, I wonder, you know, how how well can you really know somebody after 12 hours or so? But then you think, you know, how well can you really know anybody after 20 years sometimes? And uh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's 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 those moments where, like, I remember, you know, I, I remember forming friendships, you know, over a day or two and revealing more of myself than I have with people I've known for yeah for, for for decades, which is an interesting kind of thing where you're 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 like you're unafraid of revealing yourself to someone that you might not get to have an evolution with or or have a long term you know relationship with. Um, it's interesting that I don't know how to like quite explain it. I don't know how to how how it's defined, but but we are less afraid of of estranged relationships than we are with people that we've grown up with. So yeah. Ollie, you don't you don't know me at all, man. No, no, <laughs> no, and nor do I want to. I don't care to know. <laughs> yeah, you don't me. want to. Know. Um, the more I know, the less I, the, <laughs> the more I'm terrified. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's one there's one bit, bit you brought up, Matt, that I did want to uh, get back to. You mentioned uh, sort of how the <clears throat> how the atmosphere changes a little bit, or the I guess the the pressure is turned up in the last third once they become acutely aware of how little time they have left with one another and i think that sort of shift is is done really subtly but it's done in a way that's really powerful as well and very effective because re-watching it this time it'd been a few years since i saw it and i did have this thought when i was watching it for the first like half of the film i was like i'm really enjoying this this is just as lovely as i remember yet there are some topics of conversation particularly with regards to what the ethan hawks character jesse says where i was maybe because i've grown a little bit more cynical but i was like i don't know this sounds a little bit you know philosophy major pretentious teenager gen x or too cool for school kid kind of thing um but then and i was like maybe it's these parts don't haven't aged as well as i thought they had but then it became clear to me as we we're getting towards the end i saw that his whole persona was changing as well and he was shedding a lot of those um a lot of those i guess those fronts and he was becoming a more genuine empathetic person i felt too or at least he was he was more open and this that made me think okay so maybe those speech that that those pontificating speeches he was giving earlier were meant to be a little bit pretentious or were meant to be a little disingenuous because again these are people who are just meeting this is he's clearly attracted to her he's trying to impress her at some to some degree and he doesn't he's not too worried about where this is going to go but when he realizes how much he's falling for her and you know he's afraid of losing her yeah the real him starts to come out as well and so i thought it was actually these part these 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 aspects of the writing that i thought were weren't great at first suddenly re felt like they were actually quite well observed by the end if that makes any yeah. sense well you might wonder how much of of his early posturing is kind of you know his version of chat lines you know of like how does he do this all the time does it does it work is he just saying is he just really trying to plump himself up to, to seem interesting to get her to get off the train at the start and then i think she continuously proves to him that you know she's either on exactly the same level as him and isn't just going to be kind of easily wooed over. And I think he then begins to lean into the idea of having this long night, essentially, where, yeah, I think you're right. I think his walls come down. And I think his the nature of what he's talking about goes from a little too sort of posturing at the start to maybe a little more connected to who he really is. And it's and you're right, I think it's a very subtle mm. shift. But I think at the start, you can see it more as a, like, here's someone who's like, oh, I could... I could set myself up for a really interesting adventure here or get lucky and whatever else is going on. And I think, you know, it's not until the fake phone call scene in the cafe later on that he kind of gets directly called out on that by her from what she's yeah. like jokingly 
saying to her her friend on the, on the thing and he you can see him kind of realizing it but i think there's there's tons of moments like that which are just really amazing little performance moments from all the little stolen glances like in in the record store booth to to i think just the moment when you can see it when he when hawk when ethan hawk's revving himself up to essentially ask her to get off the train with them at the start you can see like for a second or two him revving himself up and going am i about to say this and so much <laughs> of this film is about the butterfly effect in a way of like one little thing affects the rest of their lives and we know that because we see the other two movies you know we see mm. how far their lives mm. divert essentially all because a german couple have an argument i mean yeah. that that couple yeah. have no idea what they've done but it also makes you think like christ what have i done somewhere random that may have put two people together that never would have happened and where mm. are they now <laughs> and uh it's it's like you know he's it's all about these moments that divert the course and i think we've all we've all had those moments where we might think oh christ you know what if you what if i'd done something different here and you can see it happening like that's very much a moment where had he not said anything and the train just carried on he would have been like if i just you know if i just asked he might have said no but i would but i would know and this film i think that's why you know is so affecting is because it essentially shows here's a series of events of what happens when someone manages to ask Mm. and gets the answer they want Mm. and it's as amazing as it is and you know it still kind of has to end in reality again and the great thing about the way this trilogy works is that this film does stand alone you could just watch this and none others and be like well that was amazing i'll forever wonder what what would have happened as they would have done for the for the next nine years um but the conclusion and, and what happens next can be the subject of the next one as opposed to having to inform this i think if this was designed as a standalone it might have been tempted and not and not as much of a real-time thing it might have been tempting to tack on like an epilogue or like a mm. at least the six months later moment and see what happens when they when they meet up again but it's, it's it has the uh the confidence to stay open-ended and then it's uh, something this series continuously does which is why i think it works so well individually yeah. and as a piece mm. and you're yeah you're so right it, it could it could um, very easily be a standalone film where you don't get to know and I feel yeah. like that takes a lot of guts and confidence to finish a film like that because especially with studios you know controlling you know the narrative and 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 and, and outside influences saying like no we need a happy ending like it's it's nice for 1995 to to, to have something finished like that and then yeah. you know then we get to see what 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 the implications are. We get to see what the sequels are. I just wonder. Can you imagine chatting to somebody. Can you imagine chatting to someone in like two thousand two or something about. You remember that film from seven years ago? You know what do you think happened to those guys? Like still before yeah. Sunset comes along. Like that that exactly. brief that brief nine nine year period when you could have just talked about this film as a genuine standalone and been like, I wonder what did you think happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Because that's that that it it extends a conversation, which is nice. I love when films end like that because it doesn't have the whole. Uh, it doesn't have a cliche attached to it. It doesn't have something that we've seen. It doesn't have any, you know, any rudimentary kind of conclusion. It really leaves an open-ending dialogue for you to have as moviegoers, as as cinephiles, as 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 people that have enjoyed this film. And that's, you know, that's that's what art is. You talk about it, and I think this movie mm. clearly is not only an artistic, you know, um, achievement, but also a film that talks and delves into art. So it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, and here we are talking about it. (laughs) I think it's interesting as well that the closest you kind of get to any sort of, not necessarily plot, but a narrative shift comes about sort of halfway through when they're playing pinball. And that's, that's when Jesse kind of asks straight up about her situation. And that's when you find out from him what he was doing on that train and that he was with somebody and they just broke up. You know, this is sort of vital information that comes, which he'd been avoiding before. Yeah. And it comes midway through and it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's an interesting sort of reveal as it, as it were, but it's like, I didn't need it up till then. Um, But at this point it's now adding an extra, extra layer of, uh, of complexity to it as well yeah yeah absolutely so shall we get to questions then shall we head on yes. to yes yes i i think this was a beautiful beautiful open conversation <laughs> that will now be directed into uh, questions and first up is favorite scene matt what was your favorite scene in the film 
Oh man, that's with a film like this is really lot. interesting because 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 it is it is so episodic sort of by nature. You can you can pick any of them and they act almost as mm. as their own little short films. But I I think it comes back to the cafe fake phone call scene ah, for me because yeah. I think that's like that's perfectly placed in the night. And you know I love that idea of you know you can't really do it in the UK. It's very much a European thing of being in a cafe at presumably at like half two in the morning and getting a coffee. Yeah, which is great. Um, it being that well. far in and then <laughs> yeah. yeah inside and then and then having that kind of set up for a conversation i think it's such a brilliant idea of like let's talk to each other without talking to each other by revealing what we would be saying to other people and i again you know i think it's it's a wonderfully acted little moment and it kind of it's it you know i think at that point they were still both quite unsure about exactly how the other felt and this is sort of the closest they come to openly saying how much they do like each other especially up until that point without without saying it and i think it's just a, such an interesting way to do a scene like that without it just being like they go for a coffee and they tell each other how they feel it's it's you know it's, it's all between the lines but they know what's bit and they know what they're doing and it's just such an interesting way for that to to unfold so i think yeah i think cafe Number two for me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I have I have that one under there as well. I think I have I have three choices, um, and that one was 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 a top three. Such a beautiful scene, um, especially the way it's acted with their chemistry having evolved the way it is. And yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely beautiful. Um, Oli. Yeah, I I mean that's definitely up there. I think you're right about that kind of. It's a, it's almost like a great script writing device that they were able to use this sort of game that they were playing in order to reveal how, and tell the audience as well how they really feel about one another instead of dancing around it like they have been the whole night. Um, and a great setup yeah, for comedy uh, as well with the, the various best friends they pretend to be for each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because you brought up earlier that in a worse version of this film, they would have had the best friend characters. And immediately when you said that, I, yeah. I, I was imagining a scene where they both call home and oh. have... Like the doofus back in America talking yeah. to him, like, like bro, yeah. you're gonna spend the whole would... night with this chick you met on a train, and then you've got what like the, the French F, girl on the other side, and and it's yeah, like it's, anything it's that happens to them individually that. without the other is so pointless. So it's yeah. like that would have yeah, just been exactly. a complete waste. Like exactly. we don't need we don't need mm. to see them thinking about anything outside of the other. They they totally exist in this. Uh, like limbo land, you know, it's the and, middle of the night. There's no one else around. It may as well just be. It's about them, holodeck. right? It's about yeah, it's yeah. about it's about them. This is the story about these two. There's no one else needs to be involved in this. And that's case what in point. I I think the um the, the 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 probably the least effective bit of dialogue in the whole film is when they do cut to that other American group of friends hanging out in that cafe. Or no, it's a couple, I believe. Um, yes. and obviously yes. it's just a snapshot, so it's unfair to the judge. The service it. here that, is terrible. Yeah, exactly. But that rang like really untrue to me compared to the rest of the film when you're focusing on the two main characters. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, my favorite scene, oof, I feel like I'm going to steal someone else's hair or wraps at least. Ooh. I mean, this um, always happens. This always happens. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been sort of mentioned a couple of times already, but it's that it's funny to pick a wordless scene considering how talky this yeah, film is, got but it. it's got to be that that scene in the, um, in the recording booth or the listening booth yeah. at the record store. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> which I which I just think is that is, is wonderfully acted. I think it you know it does. It's a great little capsule for what's what this whole story is about and what the I mm -hmm. guess the the um the language that, or what what this film is trying to convey about this the connection that these two characters have about where they are in their lives about how they see one another about how they feel the other looking at them about the gaze just like you said, Raph. I also love the the kind of the um. I don't know if this is apocryphal, but the mythology behind that scene, because I do love a little bit of a behind the scenes tidbit. And supposedly, uh, Richard Linklater, that was a first take they did. And Richard Linklater told the actors to try to look at the other actor without them noticing or, with, or but, but don't meet their gaze and told them separately. And so what you're seeing is these two actors trying to effectively do what these characters are trying to do, which is not let the other one know how you know, that they know that they're looking at them. And so, yeah. That'd be the most satisfying thing ever as a director to watch that unfold on the monitor and just yeah. to, to watch them doing it and not call it, calling cut, obviously, and just letting it roll, just being like, this is gold. This is yeah, I mean, it. it's <laughs> ab absolutely. But then, then again, you hear these stories all the time and 
more often than not, I think that's probably not the case. But uh, still, anyway, I prefer to think that. Also, the song uh, by Kath Bloom, Come Here, it's, you know, wonderful, yeah. haunting, tender, beautiful piece of music. Um, and so it works so effectively. So, yeah. Hmm. Raf. No, that was yeah. That 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 scene always gets me. I think I I think I essentially I probably I think I cried during it because I was just like, this is this is how I fall in love. <laughs> so I, you know, I gaze and then I look away and then I gaze and I think of all of us. You know, we 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 have this tendency yeah. to to look at humans that way, right? And then to look away <laughs> and to be shy and to look literally anywhere but that person. You're just like up. <laughs> on the ceiling when there's nothing there and it's such a beautiful tender real human experience that moment is a human experience this is the only way i can really describe it um because we, when when you were there it, did um did did the did the owner hand you the the record no no unfortunately not oh. no yeah because i because yeah it was, it was sad to see the booth bit not being there anymore it wasn't there when yeah, i was there but yeah. yeah the owner just caught me taking photos and was like here's the record and just pulled it out and it's in like a glass oh frame my thing. god so i was just like oh my god oh, i just kept so it nice. by oh wow <laughs> that's amazing yeah another I mean, story they, yeah. i heard is that he discovered the record at that store i don't know if that one's true either but really wow yeah. damn because i don't think it. she was like a particularly well-known artist when they were at the time that they were shooting or editing the film i think she was oh, wow. kind of plucked out of obscurity um, oh wow that's amazing um wow uh whew, i'm getting emotional guys this is real um so i will go for just to make things you know interesting um i'll go for the train sequence um just because as ollie knows i love i love me a good like one shot kind of sequence where it just keeps rolling and you're letting the actors play and not only are you letting them play but there's something happening in the background you know they're they're in live they're in a lived-in world um and it's you know it's essentially a 10-minute scene where you are faced with a dialogue between two actors that are on top of their game that know exactly what they're doing and but are also improvising and there's something very nuanced and subtle Do you mean and um, the tram and... sequence sorry by the way when there was sorry the yeah the or... tram did i say train yeah yeah the tram sequence my my, my apologies yeah uh the tram sequence because it, it's a beautiful shot and and you really get to, to 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 know who they are and they're having fun they're playing the questions game and and they're revealing a lot about themselves uh, you know and they're talking about sex they're talking about life they're talking about death um but all within you know the 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 all within the realm of 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 play of of letting it roll you know just like just shoot it the actors know their lines they they know their their characters and then just let the chemistry kind of reveal itself in the it, with, with the camera like these are some scenes that i've done as as as, a, as an actor and i i love them because not only are you presented with beautiful a beautifully written script and beautiful dialogue but then you can you know change it and and and, and improvise with it and and make it your own and it's yeah it's 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 the scenes you kind of live for as an actor these are the scenes you live for so yeah right up next favorite favorite performance i mean do we really have to go through this uh, unless there is one particular the guy, the guy who acts about the cow play yeah exactly like, yeah yeah the two german, german for a the change <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. they stole the film <laughs> yeah yeah totally I mean, I'm, I'm, like I'm i didn't care about anything the, else i'm partial to the um the uh the the oh god the vagabond poet the the homeless poet oh yeah <laughs> i mean not maybe yeah. best performance but great hair i gotta say love that amazing hair, hair. Yeah. very 90s yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's it all these little parts they do feel like genuine characters from vienna this is it i mean you know there isn't so much of the supporting cast but each of these little bit plays like the, the palm reader and and yeah the poet they just feel like none of them feel like oh and here's yeah someone you've seen in something having a cameo <laughs> to yeah, throw yeah. you off yeah that's true they feel like lived in lived in people yeah lived in characters um so yeah i don't know if we have to go through this but i'm just gonna say well you know <laughs> the julie and 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 ethan obviously um i mean which one yeah. which one do you think gave the better performance if you could or would you just say that it's impossible to say because i think I, it's like two. it's it's like our our episode of shoplifters i think it's an ensemble piece you can't have one without the other mm. um 
And I think for me, it's the chemistry that really lives on with this film. It's, it's their chemistry. It's, it's, it's what this film is. It's, it's the chemistry between two people and you can't have that if you're just flying solo and this movie wouldn't work if the other was, you know, if there was fucking Marlon Brando and an unknown, you know, it's, it's, it has to be two, two actors that are, are, are chosen for this very purpose. I think Richard Linklater knew what he was doing and, and he even reconsidered uh, Ethan Hawke um, after watching him in a play. Like, I think he had his mind on him, but then said that he was too old or too young. I can't remember which one it was, um, but he wasn't right for, for, for the part. And then after watching a show, mm. he was like, okay, this is it. So it's a very considered carefully precise kind of uh, a casting and it has to be this is the only yeah. way this movie works is if you have you know the chemistry between the leads it's maybe the most miraculous piece of casting ever because you're right like if it goes mm. any which way or the other because it's not just a case of getting one right and one wrong they've got to both be right you could it could so easily be both are wrong <laughs> could also yeah. very easily be one's yeah. right one's wrong but to get both right is crazy and i think yeah if it's anyone of slightly bigger stature it becomes just incrementally a different type of film if it's two people mm-hmm. even less known go the other way it could verge into being almost too kind of indie and and studenty if under the wrong hands you know because i think so much of it is is grounded in in these two guys and it's like mm. the they do just just give it everything they need and it's it's a testament that you know they don't they don't lose chemistry when they come back for sequels like it's i think that's a real a real shining beacon of it as well that the fact that you know oh yeah we did get it right on the first one when you see everything they've they've done since um so yeah i think it's 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 impossible one to call um it's it's both <laughs> yeah oh, i mean yeah, i i hate I to so. contradict you guys but i i would say i mean that what you guys just said there was really poetic and lovely but for me, I, I do think Julie Delphi. But let me shit on out. it. <laughs> I have to like. Pe- I have to, you know, set these ones against one another. Um, yeah. I, I Conflict think, needs uh, to happen. Yeah, I think um, for me it was for me. I I just think I do think Julie Delpy is just extraordinary in this film, and I think you're right. Their chemistry is the star of the film, but I think Ethan Hawke as much as I love him in this film and in other, other films from this period, I think he became a better actor actually, as he got older. Um, I think he's actually having a wonderful sort of second or third act at the moment, mm, but um, sure is, but I, Julie Delpy, I mean, maybe it's just also because I find her, you know, yeah. she's incredibly attractive and beautiful woman, but I just think yes. she's so magnetic on yeah. screen. Um yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah. If there's a great screen presence, yeah, I think if forced, yeah, I think I'd agree. I'd say if if any, like this is Delpy's one, and Sunset is Hawks because he he really mm. wrenches up some guttural stuff with his where his mm. character's personal life is in that part. I mean, she does as well. Yeah, but if if had to split, I'd say yeah, Delpy for this, Hawk for Sunset, and then maybe it's like. It is just both of them by the time you get to midnight again. To midnight. It's, yeah. it's so much based on on where they they both are. And it's hard to split. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can't wait to watch these sequels. Woo! I, I love like <laughs> entering th- uh, a trilogy and then just being like, yes, I, there's two more films. Um, so this is great. This is good stuff. All right. So what's aged the best? Uh, did you want to go first, Ollie, to kind of give an idea? Yeah, sure. So mine's... Um... A slightly sillier answer but i'm gonna go with the lack of mobile phones i am um, mm. watching this film uh the lack of digital technology so i thought was really refreshing and i thought you know what yeah this film would not have been nearly as romantic or or as alluring if if any of the technology that we have today existed back then um the fact that they could even hold a conversation this long is it would be rare today <laughs> yeah. um considering all the distractions Fuck, and you're of course so right and oh my course, god! You, even, even, if course, they, even if they both resisted, it would get to the point where one of them would go to the toilet, and then yeah. the other yeah. one would check the phone. Then, and then they'd have to get back into it. Even if they lasted till that point, it would still then come out. Oh my god! <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even the idea, even Jesse's whole setup, I suppose, or situation of just sort of blindly traveling Europe 
until he runs out of yeah. money because you know because he um not having an e-ticket that's meant to be exactly exact at the exact right time to get a certain train or yeah exactly yeah. exactly i i just yeah i just don't you know it it, it, it would have been made impossible if if we had more if there yeah. were smartphones so or mobile phones or anything we can't live like that we can't there is no there is no going back well, they would to have that just time. added each other on instagram at the end oh my god <laughs> uh, no. how how to ruin before sunrise <laughs> <laughs> let me just send you a friend request done oh no <laughs> exactly. that's so sad that is so sad. i think it's interesting how I think it's interesting how you say this is very timeless a film, and I think yeah, you can set this in any year throughout the 20th century, pretty much up until about now. Yeah, oh. so this is probably about as late as you can go with it. Because be... I think just after this, you're starting to get emails at least. Yeah, to be oh. fair, smartphones and mobile phones, as a rule, ruin most movies anyway. Like that technology yeah. has ruined any film from you know most films from. Uh, pre 20th century would be ruined if you said and it's inescapable isn't it because you have because if you are making a movie in modern time there are cell phones there is instagram there is social media fuck dude i did not think about that like one bit whatsoever oh my god this movie is even more cherished now this movie <laughs> yeah needs to be in the library like of it's congress like this it will be in a museum one day <laughs> holy fuck dude because you're right I'm, and, I'm and, and and, and and we can't even experience what they experience because because of what we have now. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that there hasn't been like a Netflix film loose remake. Well, not even a remake, just a type of film like this where it's like two young people meeting on holiday, but done now and just seeing where they would go with Fuck. everything. It's like they'd have it. would have to be a thing where like they're trapped somewhere, like they fall down a well or something, or like yeah. end up in the forest and have seriously no signal or they have to run away from a campsite by a bear and then they're stuck together it'd have to be some enforced peril just to get them off the phone <laughs> it yeah, just tells exactly. you how like our society is so phone dependent is so dependent on on the piece of technology that we have now which is crazy fuck wow that's very depressing thought wow i i, I went sideways with that one um i mean they both right, have a Matt, they both let's... have a book at, they both have a book on the train at the start but one of them i guess could have been listening to like a walkman or something and then it's like do i talk, bother talking to someone with headphones on that could have been a barrier yeah. but but no <laughs> and and do, yeah does this movie even happen because like most people are on their phones so do people engage and it's also a question of like do people still engage the way they they did in that film mm. where they actually go up to a stranger and you know start talking do we still do that is that even the thing anymore do we well, even I mean, have Matt the risk taking it, it, ability it, to it happened to himself i suppose and i think we have That's similar true. experiences That's true. Or, i mean you know. like a one and only time really so it's rare yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so it does happen okay well there's still human curiosity for yeah for just uh break you know saying hi and talking to a stranger i don't know because like i feel like phones have become a protector and a shield for like mm. not engaging oh boy all right um <laughs> what's what what about you what's age the best for you um well i guess almost in counterpoint to the the phone thing which kind of holds it back a bit i'd say just the base feeling of impulsive flirtation on a holiday yeah. <laughs> mm. like the general yeah, entire like no matter how they get into it or whether the phones would would be a part of it or not once you're in it and you're having that feeling of chatting to somebody new that you've got you know you've got your eye on and you're you're both in a new place and and, and the feeling of discovery is unlimited and it's both new to you and you know you've you've got you've got nothing else to do except for something a good 12 plus hours away i think that feeling can can still happen i think it's rarer now for sure for the reasons we've said which i think makes it even more miraculous when it does but i think i think that's age the best because that is just a core human like 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 feeling and need and i think like we touched on with eternal sunshine and how that will always be uh relevant and, and universal i think i think that feeling here is as well um and if we've whether we've all experienced it or not, I think we all can imagine it or or, or hope for it, depending on on where you're at. But um, yeah, I think I think it's it's portrayed so realistically throughout as well um, that it does feel like that's a part of just human nature that maybe won't change. And they get it so right here when it could have felt a lot phonier. Mm, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. 
Yeah, I think I'll have to go for Vienna. I think <laughs> you're looking at Vienna, uh, you know, 1995 Vienna, and it just makes you fall in love with a city. Um, every time I look at, at this film, every time I, I see it, it's I, I want to take a trip there. I want to walk these streets. I want to, you know, kind of go into their discoveries. Um and also just the sense of holiday from <laughs> this movie makes me want to go on a holiday and, and on a mm. European holiday, especially mm. um, because it, it gives you that sense of, yeah, you want to escape. You want to, you want to talk to a stranger. You want to, you know, walk it until 3am in the morning and, and go sit down in a cafe or go have a couple of cigs at a bar or I don't know. It just, it, it really invokes the, the sense of, of summer holiday so which is why it's perfect that it's in our summer theme um can't wait to go on holiday i hope you guys have great holiday yeah. plans <laughs> okay good 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 all right now turn it down a notch what's age the worst um i can go f- first i guess i don't really have a th- mm-hmm. an age worse um i think this movie hasn't <laughs> aged badly at all i think it's it's excelled in it's in it's in its beauty i think it's 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 a movie that has no faults so that's it's bypass i'm using my whole pass for like nothing's <laughs> aged badly for me yeah anyone can go anyone can tackle this one but i'm just saying i mean you know i always i always have an answer to this question but matt do you did you want to say anything yes you do <laughs> uh i guess i'd say the exchange rate currency wise like i'm watching this stuff and it's like yeah i missed the time when it's probably two euros to the pound and and i never quite overhear enough of of what uh how much everything's costing in the film but it sounds cheap and i miss that yeah Yeah. definitely yeah um yeah i'm gonna go with uh ethan hawk's goatee um i'll just leave it at that i think um look we, there was a time and a place for that kind of facial hair, and it has passed. <laughs> and thank God, because I swear it was throwing off his whole game the entire movie. I thought, you know, <laughs> you're a beautiful man, Ethan, but you just need a shave there, or got to do something different. Um, okay, <laughs> and also it's just—I think it's like a sort of like a flag that you're a bit of a pretentious douchebag as well. If you if you had that type of facial hair yeah, in the nineties. Well, we've got we've got a, we've got our answers for for what's aged the worst. Uh, yeah, top one goes for yeah the goatee. I didn't think about that, but you know what? I also <laughs> I also have um, I have a very similar growing mustache to Ethan's, as in like I don't grow the middle part. I have kind of the anti Hitler mustache. Um, <laughs> so you know I I give him love because I'm like, hey man, I feel you. I feel you. I don't I don't I can't grow the mustache as well. So if you can't and I can't, boom, we're the same. Um, all right, mystery question, everyone. Here we mm. go. Mm. I've got two. Um, so I'll start with this one. Um what is kind of the hold on, how do I phrase this one? Okay, here we go. Uh which city would you choose to fall in love with a stranger? Ooh. Oh man. Good question. Hmm. Take a beat. Take a beat. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Take a second. Yeah. Let it. Let it sink it's, in. It should be. It should be a city that you've gone to before, right? Because it's some. Yeah. I mean, you have to actually know. It yeah. Some yeah. Something you've experienced. Fantasy so, in your mind. Yeah. Um, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to make it yeah, a bit easier. I think of ones with really good like walking routes, mm. things that stay yeah. open late. Um, I think I think I'd probably go either Prague or Lisbon because Prague, Lisbon I, is a good. You know, I, I I had that similar experience in Prague, and Prague's probably my favorite of all the European cities I've I've been to, and it's yeah, eminently walkable, beautiful, mm. cheap beer, mm, it's great. True. Um, but Lis- Lisbon as well. I think Lisbon's got some real expanse to it, and you've got you know the old town and uh, everything along the coastal part. Like yeah, one of those two, I think, and you, you'd be pretty guaranteed safe climates, especially in Lisbon true. anyway. True. Uh, for one of these, mm. yeah. Need to need to go to Lisbon. Need to go fall in love in Lisbon. Boom. Hmm. Um, I would say New Orleans. Oh, uh, it's one of my favorite cities that I've visited. Wow. Um, the food is really good. Um, and there's lots and lots of live music wherever you go. So um, wherever you turn, whatever street you'd be walking down, 
you'd probably be accompanied by some fantastic jazz music or bop music in the oh, background. Yes. Mm, so there'd be plenty yeah. plenty of opportunities to have a little waltz or a dance with your partner as well. <laughs> it's live music for free. Only problem is if you go to Bourbon Street, you will almost certainly be accosted by a drunk person, which <laughs> isn't so romantic, but um, otherwise it's good. Damn, it's it's a uh, top three cities to to, to go to um, in the states for me is New Orleans. Yeah, same. Oh, damn, damn, damn! Great experience. Uh, mine is between Lyon in France. Um, I feel like it carries a lot of the same vibes as as Prague or Vienna. Very walkable. There's an old town. There's a new town. Uh, it's French, so it's it's naturally romantic. Um, and great places that stay open, great wine, um, fantastic vistas. But uh, the other one is Bali. Uh, you know, I'm a tropical mm. baby, so and I've I've fallen in love in Bali before. Um, and yeah, places stay open. You can you know ride a moped while she's like in the back, you know, holding you, or vice versa, she's riding and you're holding her, um, or you're holding him. Whoever you're holding, you can hold. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just a city that that's vibrant. You've got the beach as well. You've got you've got tropical hot weather. Uh, it's beautiful. It's it can be quiet. It can be loud. It can be whatever you want. Bali, Indonesia, boom. Um, yeah. The other question is. Uh, what is your favorite Richard Linklater film? Ooh. Um, okay, I, I'll, I'll just jump in quickly with mine. I mean, it's one of my favorite films, period. So it's going to have to be Dazed and Confused. Ah, oh, yeah. Nice. Maybe yeah, not yeah. a completely original answer, but yeah, that film holds a really special place in my heart. That's a beautiful film. Great film. Classic film. Classic film. What about you, Matt? Any favorites? Yeah, he's a really interesting director in that he... You know, you kind of you know his name, you know his films, but he's never been pigeonholed. Mm. And I think I can't remember Absolutely. when we were looking this up. I think it may have been. So we did an episode of his Paul Dano OK on Fast Food Nation because Dano's mm. in that very briefly. And you kind of look at this period, and he has like, I think it's like 2003. He's doing School of Rock, and then immediately following that before Sunset, and then you know it goes into. I think something like the, the next year and then fast food nation, which is kind of this sort of takedown mm. on like the meat industry. And it's just, you can't quite pin him down. And I think the only thing that kind of links uh, link later, some of his, uh, <laughs> some mm. of his work is, is this uh, obsession of time. You know, you got that in boyhood as well. Mm. Um, I'd be tempted to say something like that, but you know what? I've only seen Boyhood the once um, in a cinema. I need to do a big rewatch of that. But for his time stuff, it's always the before trilogy that takes the 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 prize. Yeah. So I think for me, it would either be Before Sunset as my currently, as of right now, favorite of the trilogy, or something like hmm, maybe School of Rock actually. For 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 that yeah. is a kind of pitch perfect. Yeah movie of that sense where it, it's 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 all things to all people it's it feels like a like a blockbuster of old in terms of you know it's a massive crowd pleaser mm. it's it's the best showcase for jack black it's yeah. it's it, it's it's lovable it's likable it's funny it's it's emotional it's real like it's it ticks everything off so well that a film like that should do and, and even saying a film like that kind of cheapens it a bit which isn't fair i think mm. it's i think it's a miraculous um piece which again comes down to a lot of a lot of great casting of a bunch of those kids mm. um but yeah i mean it, it's a tight race between that and days of confused and everything so yeah right now i'll, I'll still go it to sunset but mm. he's got some he's got some he's got some choices in there he's got a oh, great absolutely. filmography yeah yeah which 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 makes it tough to 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 have favoritism uh but you and i matt were kindred spirits in the sense that i was gonna also yeah. say say school of mm -hmm. rock um i was i was between you know this one before sunrise and school of rock um yeah, just because they both offer very different things, and School of Rock, like you said, is is kind of the open the 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 open blockbuster piece to to Richard Linklater. If you don't know him, that's definitely the movie I would introduce to you. Um, it's fun, it's light, it's comical, it's Jack Black, it's those kids. It's just it, it's got everything you want, uh, especially if you're hungover. You just put that in; it'll it'll, it'll sort you right out. Uh, but before sunrise has to has to be it because I I always feel really hard when I watch that film, and if a movie can do that, it's it it, it it's got my favorite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally love Everybody Wants Some as well. Oh, that was great a really film. great spiritual kind of sequel to Days They Confused. Yeah, you look at that now, and it's got so many um, great names in as well, who are a bit bigger now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, 
a lot of underrated other underrated titles in his filmography like bernie like bernie yeah mm. that's a great film mm-hmm. uh also tape really good film even his um the i watched his his most recent film that just came out on netflix Apollo? Apollo oh yeah i need to do that yeah wonderful charming little movie i'd really recommend anyone out there check it out awesome yeah kind of waking life as well i i i came to quite recently as well Mm. which uh yeah i think it's on disney plus but yeah that's the other film with jesse and selene in for for a scene yes Mm. yes and it's and you know similar to these it's you know very philosophical and just really interestingly put together in in that rotoscope animation style as well it's yeah he seems to to, to cycle between sort of philosophical timey films like before trilogy and boyhood and then and then yeah that animated style with uh with wake and life and scanner darkly yeah. and and yeah i haven't seen his new one but that is also animated isn't it but it, is it that same style uh yes it is yes yeah yeah probably a bit more and then and there. then kind of like yeah and then and then kind of like his you know his, his studio stuff i guess yeah. like you know last flag flying and where'd you go bernadette and mm. yeah he's he's someone who's always working and it feels he's never really gotten i guess like his blank check movie but he's someone who is always making stuff despite it seems i swear none of his stuff really making any money so yeah <laughs> it's well great. it's he's actually um he's he's his next project or i guess it won't be his next project because it won't be released oh, yeah. for another 20 years but he's doing a, a a similar experiment to boyhood where his next film merrily we roll along which i believe is a musical um mm. but he's shooting it in increments every year for 20 years wow and so obviously he's currently in the production process but that's going to be going on for decades holy so, shit um, this this is surely going to be his magnum opus on yes yeah, on, so on time, time. Yeah. like that, that that might boyhood be his, times three <laughs> exactly that might be his um what did you say his blank check film yeah yeah wow that's fascinating um right well as as we ended as always um we we like to give it a little uh, rating at the end and use a little you know totem or memorabilia or something from the movie to inspire <laughs> the rating um so ollie do you want to start us off with a with a nice little rating yeah i'm gonna go you know i'm gonna go full hog i'm gonna give this 10 out of 10 stolen wine glasses nice <laughs> nice <laughs> um matt if you have one uh you can go ahead yeah yeah i'm gonna give it again 10 missed plays about a cow out of 10 (laughs) nice very nice very nice uh i'm going to give it 10 arguing german couples out of 10 ding 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 ding. we always say we we need a we need a sound effect if we get a round table 10 out of 10 Um, oh man has there been perfect scores across the board before uh I, I think there's only been, been I think there's only been two this one and mm. another one which I can't remember which but <laughs> wow, I know thanks for filling that in Raf <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I'm right here for you buddy <laughs> uh, uh, well yeah. Matt thank you so yeah. much for joining us you've been the consummate guest Yes. Um, it's oh, really thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. This has been amazing. This is, yeah, genuinely one of my favorite films, favorite series. Any any chance to talk about this to someone who isn't just cornered in my house uh, and begging for the release of death is, is amazing. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, again, thank you so much. And and we'd love to have you on in the future if you'd, if you'd honor us with your presence again. Yes, please. absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I guess all that's left is oh well I was gonna say like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, okay, we can leave it there. <laughs> we can leave it there. We don't do that. We don't do that. End it. No, we that's can't, we, can't we can't take can't that away that. from him. Yeah. Oh boy, funny. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for 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 everything, and and your knowledge is extensive, and yeah, you're you're truly a podcasting pro. Oh man, thank you. Okay. Well, for some strange reason, these guys didn't want to do the little share and subscribe thing. So I'm going to do it right now. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, give us a five-star rating. You know how it goes. You know what to do. And thank you for listening to the episode. And enjoy it. We've got one more episode coming out to the drum show to close the season. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Have a great summer. And ciao, ciao for now, my people.